hello, this is Grant Kirkup. I'm famous for saying Ubinaka and Ikobokum. And you're listening to We Podcast and We Know Things. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to a very special bonus episode of We Podcast and We Know Things. My name is Greg Hall, and alongside of me, as almost always, the best damn voice in the business, Sam Matura. We're coming in hot. We are joined by, from Chiba, Japan, which is insane to say. We've had guests on locally. We've had guests on over the phone via Skype from Los Angeles, but never thought I'd say that we have some a, a live guest on right now from Chiba, Japan. Matt Papa from Inti Creates, the producer and localization director. Matt, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us for for us tonight, but for you this morning. <laughs> My pleasure, guys. Thank Good you so. Here. Thank you so much, Matt. Uh, is again a producer and localization director at Inti Creates. Inti Creates. Uh, I'm calling it legendary. I'm calling it world renowned uh, <laughs> video game development studio. But Matt, tell us a little bit about Inti Creates. So Inti Creates, we are we've been in the business for about 21 years and counting now. Uh, Inti Creates was formed back in 1996 by former Capcom staff who all banded together and left Capcom to form Inti Creates because they all loved working together so much that when they couldn't have their former company, they said, you know what? Screw this. We're making our own company. And that's exactly what they did. And we've been making games here ever since, ever since the PlayStation 1 era. And um, we've, uh, we were a development studio, you know, making games for companies like Capcom, Sega, uh, Bandai Namco like for many, many years. And then in, oh, since uh, 2014, we've really started expanding and creating our own original IPs and self-publishing our games, and it's been a hell of a ride ever since. Now, when did you start working there? I started at Indie Creates the day after Tokyo Game Show <laughs> in September of uh, 2014. Just missed it. <laughs> Just missed it. What, uh, so I said earlier, producer and localization director at Indie Creates. What can you kind of expand on what that entails? Sure, yeah. So basically that's two job titles in one, basically. So as a producer, um, my task, it will vary from title to title, but especially, um, let's say for uh, Galgun 2, which is the most recent game I've been a producer on, um, I basically I basically call all the shots when it comes to the international version of the game. Um, I'm the one who works very closely uh, with our uh, publishing partner, PQ, based out of the UK, for the you know um, European and North American releases of the game. And, you know, and then as localization director, I'm in charge. I'm the last stop when it comes to how the game is localized. Um, I had the pleasure of working with some other staff this time around. Uh, my, uh, my cohort here at Integrate Andrew and then, uh, a couple of freelance guys that, uh, PQ brought on to help with the project. Um, but so basically, you know, as a director goes, you know, kind of help, you know, decide how the localization is going to be done. And then, you know, basically, you know, there's many lines of defense and like the editing process, you know, basically I make the final calls and, uh, you know, how this, this or that gets, uh, finalized and, uh, it's busy. <clears throat> it's a busy project being, uh, two, two jobs at once, but it's worth it because the Galgun's an awesome title. Now, how the hell do you make the decision to move to Japan from, we talked before that you said you're from New Jersey? <laughs> yes, that's right. Um, well, it all started back in the day. <laughs> um, uh, uh, I, when I was in university, I did a study abroad semester at, uh, Temple University, Japan, actually. Um, I don't know if you guys know they have a Japan campus here, but they I had do. no it's idea. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Um, it's a really good program that they have going on. And, uh, so I did my, uh, semester of my junior year <clears throat> at Temple Japan and had a fantastic experience. It was truly like, you know, I was 
I'm born and bred Jersey boy. Um, I never really spent much time outside the state besides, you know, taking trips or whatever. So it was a real <clears throat> eye-opening experience for me. And I loved being in Japan so much <clears throat> that when I graduated, I told myself I would come back here someday. And when I graduated in 2009 uh, from university, I came here as an English teacher and lived in Osaka, Japan uh, for a year. And then I was like, okay, this was a really great experience, but you know, let me come back home, see how things go. And you know, I was back in the States for a couple years, you know, kind of took a different career path, da 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 And I got to a crossroads in my life where I was like, and, and my girlfriend at the same time, we, we kind of came to this crossroads in our life at the same time, and we just really wanted a big change. And we decided, like, you know what? She had always wanted to spend time in Japan, and I was missing it real bad. And it was kind of one of those, like, you know, if we're going to do something crazy like this, it's now or never. So we came uh, back here back in uh, March of 2014, and uh, and uh, that's all she wrote. And I've been here ever since, and uh, I'm enjoying life here. It's, it's a really great place to live. How did you actually get hooked up like with Inti Creates? How did you start there? <laughs> um, do you want the long version or the short version? However much time you have. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I'll say this much. It all started, like, as, a, as, as the first link in the chain of events that really brought it all together uh, was meeting and befriending uh, the legendary Keiji Inafune oh, man. at a New York Comic Con back in 2010. Wow. My knees are melted. Um, Everything is shaking right now. <laughs> uh, Sam, Sam, KJ Inafune crea- like, I, I created Mega Man. I went to New York Comic Con, um, just met the guy as a fan, talked to him on the show floor for a while. It was like, the coolest thing ever. Mm. And through... Um, a couple of events later on, I ended up finding him on Facebook by accident, and I swear to God, it was by accident. Sure, like <laughs> sure it was. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I swear, I swear. I just I swear happened I to type accident. his and, full name into the search bar, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so we ended up being Facebook friends. And through him on Facebook, I met a bunch of really amazing folks uh, in the industry. Uh, one of which is my now current boss, Mr. Takuya Aizu, CEO of Integrate, and uh, ended up befriending him on Facebook. And small world. Uh, and uh, when I came when I came back to Japan, I didn't start in, in 2014. I didn't start off working at Integrate. I did some other stuff for a couple of months first. And one day, I just came home. I had a really crappy day. And I was like, "Man, I don't want to do this. This sucks." And I had messaged. Uh, Mr. Inafune, I was like, hey, is your company hiring? He's like, oh, no, we're not, but, you know, feel free to stop by sometime. I'm like, you know what? Okay, I'll take that. I'll take that. That's not not too shabby. Um, and so I was like, you know what? I had never actually met, you know, I just signed in person before at the time, but I was like, you know what? The heck with it. I want to message this guy and see what's going on. So I messaged him <clears throat> on Facebook. I was like, hey, are you guys hiring? You know, this is my job experience, yada, yada, yada. And he was like, now, and I literally ended the message with, could you use somebody like me at Integrate? And he was like, yeah, actually, we could. Why don't you come on down for an interview? Damn. And that's all she wrote. <laughs> that's awesome. Did, was uh, Were you always a part of the localization team, or what were you actually hired for? So, um, Integrate, up until that point, I never had like a native English speaker on staff. Mm-hmm. And 
And, uh, you know, because like I said, for a long time, we were pretty much like a, like a dev house. We weren't like making many original titles, so to speak. So they didn't really need much Western facing staff because they did they, pretty much all their work was, you know, you know, contracts from like Capcom or Sega or Namco or whatever. So they didn't really need anybody like me until they started, you know, self-publishing their own original IPs, you know, for world ride releases and stuff like that. And they needed somebody who could, you know, basically be in touch with the Western fans in the Western market. And so my job kind of grew my, like my responsibilities kind of grew as we kind of got a feel for things and, what we needed like when i got here there was no english website there was no english social media there was basically no english presence whatsoever so kind of my first uh task at hand was to build into creates english presence on the internet and so and then my roles kind of evolved from there and then once we decided to do uh gal gun double piece uh western release that i pushed very heavily for internally um that was my first role as producer so then my roles expanded there and I localized, you know, Galgun Double Peace and then other games. And then kind of, that's kind of how I fell into the localization director. And then every other game that's ever passed through here with the exception of Gunvolt 2, I pretty much localized on my own. Um, and then up until Galgun 2 very recently where I had teams to work with. And uh, yeah, so my roles just kind of evolved as time went on and we realized what our needs were. Yeah. So it was kind of a, uh, it was kind of just like, wave your hand in the dark and see where you need to go and sort of deal and, but it worked out yeah and, and galgun 2 coming to the states soon we're going to get to that a little bit later it's inti's uh latest release in terms of um original game they'll be coming out in april in the states i believe it's either already out or coming out really soon in japan Mm-hmm. Yeah, it came out uh, two weeks ago here in Japan. Awesome. And then the uh, 24th for North America and I think, of April. And we do have some folks that listen in Europe, and I think that's, what, 413 in Europe? Yep, that's right. That's Perfect. right. Awesome. Uh, this next question is twofold. Number one, how long did it take you to actually learn the Japanese language? Since you said you are a native English speaker, obviously you're from Jersey. <laughs> you didn't just start speaking <laughs> Japanese. How long did that take you to kind of learn? Um, I started Japanese uh, for real uh, when I went up when I went to university and it took some classes there and then you know, doing the study abroad, um, you know, that the whole immersion thing, both be a study abroad and, you know, living here as an uh, English teacher uh, kind of helped that really helped form the foundation. Like, yeah, taking classes, you know, that got me like the basics, mm-hmm. but it doesn't really prepare you. At least it didn't prepare me anyway uh, for, you know, being immersed into that language all day, every day. So, you know, living here for that year and a half between teaching and studying abroad really kind of helped build a foundation for me. Mm-hmm. And then when I started working at IntiCreates, you know, this is the first time I worked in an all Japanese, all the time environment. Because, you know, when you're teaching, you know, you know, I was teaching English. So, you know, I had to communicate in English to the kids and to English teachers at the school. And um, so I wasn't using Japanese all the time. And then, of course, when I was here studying, my classes were in English, you know, most of my classmates were all speaking English. Uh, so again, it wasn't necessarily a full Japanese environment, but when I started here is when I really, you know, cause it's sink or swim, right? When yeah. you, you know, if I can't get my point across in Japanese, it's, I can't fall back on English to you know, make it happen. So uh, my Japanese got a lot better being here every day and, you know, learning on the fly and like, okay, I don't know all these technical words and all this game industry jargon and yada, 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 you know, but you pick it up as you go along and 
you know, what my boss says words I have no idea. I'm like, wait, can, what does this mean? And, you know, rinse, repeat a hundred thousand times. And, you know, that helps. It, yeah. it really does being immersed in that environment and knowing that you can't fall back on your native language to save you. It's, so it helps a lot. So what's life like in Japan? How much different is um, it there than here? Um, pretty dang different. <laughs> um, um, you know, besides like, you know, language and stuff like that. And, um, you know, the food is incredibly different. Um, you know, is it better uh, in some ways? Yes. Uh, if I was able to eat seafood, it'd probably be a lot better. Oh. Um, but I, I can't eat seafood and feel like, why the hell do you live in Japan? You, can't eat seafood, <laughs> you <know>? poor soul. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, but hey, that's hey. I tried many times; it just doesn't happen. But you know, with that being said, you know, there's still tons of other good things to eat here. Um, you know, from from uh, ramen to, to you know rice bowls to uh, Japanese curry to uh, you know noodles to, and then even like you know Japanese takes on like other stuff like. Japanese KFC and McDonald's are way better than American KFC. I was I was lipping <laughs> while you were doing that. I was lipping at McDonald's. Oh, now I'm hungry all yeah. of a sudden. Yeah, there are no 24 hour <laughs> McDonald's near my house. <laughs> but but you can't, you can't. You're never gonna get a good hoagie here. Pizza here pretty much sucks. Ah, oh, that's um, a shame. My parents own a deli. Yeah. I live next to a Wawa, and pizza is my favorite food. Uh, so I'm screwed. Strike three. He's out. You have no idea how badly I miss Wawa. And like, and let me say that Japanese convenience stores are pretty damn great. Right. All things considered, they make, if Wawa didn't exist, you know, it would be just a clear, like, okay, Japanese convenience stores are way better, but Wawa exists. And <laughs> it just, <laughs> and there's just no, there's just no comparison. I even got my boss, you know, I, uh, I he, when we were at a convention, uh, we were at too many games uh, last or two years ago, and I introduced him to Wawa for the first time, and he's been in love ever since. <laughs> That's so, awesome. And he was, and he's like, no, convenience stores in Japan are great, but not as great as this. Like, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> how, how often do you get to make it back home? Um, if I'm lucky, twice a year. Mm, That's tough. I'm lucky. Um, I try to get home every year for like Christmas time. And then, um, you know, the past couple of years, we've had uh, event invitations to Philly area events in June. So it's been like every six months I've been able to come back. Um, so that's been nice. Hopefully I can keep that streak going. How um, far is, how long is it, the flight? It is nice to get back home. Yeah. How long is the flight? Um, time in the air is roughly 16 hours. Oh, God. Not including transfer time. It's it's pretty much you can pretty much bank on from Philly to Tokyo. <clears throat> you know you're pretty much going to spend it in 24 hours getting door to door. That that just sounds so oh god. I can't even imagine. I would definitely need some Huawei after that trip. <laughs> you, you get you get used to it to a degree, right. to a degree. But um, yeah, things like Nintendo Switches and tablets and all that jazz they help a lot. They go a long way. You're speaking Greg's terrible. language. I'm going to ask you to repeat that because I'm looking Sam dead in the eye because he refuses to buy a Nintendo Switch. Now, granted, he doesn't oh, travel to Japan. Dude, that, that's a violation, dude. Dude, that's a violation. You're missing out so hard. <laughs> oh, he knows. I, I, hey, but I have a PS4. I got PS3s and 64. I, I got some systems, but. All right. So no, I mean, that's cool. That's cool. But, yeah, you know, dude, 
I'll, I'll try to step my game up. <laughs> switches, switches is my everything. I have a wife downstairs, and my switch is my everything. All right, anyway, uh, you, you just got back from GDC. How was it? Um, went really well. Uh, GDC is a really good um, way to uh, you know stay connected to our industry, you know, friends and. Um, build new connections and you know make some really cool you know you can make some really cool things happen from you know meeting folks at gdc because like everybody's there in the industry be it from north america japan europe you name it there's everybody's there mm-hmm. um so we got to meet with all kinds of cool companies and you know hopefully some things that you know were born at gdc you know be it this year or last or whatever um can uh come to come into existence and uh, hopefully make some people happy that's awesome. Yeah. Well, we won't dig too much into that for sure. Um, now, a little bit more about before we dive head first into all the games that Inti Creates does, just a little bit more about yeah, you. Um, what games did you play growing up? So my my favorite games, my, I'll give you my top three of all time. Hey, kind of we do a top a three every week. This works. <laughs> so my number three favorite game of all time is Super Mario RPG. Oh, Legend of the Seven that. Stars, baby. Uh, my number two favorite game of all time is Final Fantasy Tactics, Ooh. and my favorite game of all time is Mega Man Two. Hey, uh, okay. that's yeah. my third favorite game of all time. <laughs> I speedrun um, that game. Well, I used those, to speedrun that game. Those were easily my biggest, you know, life changing gaming experiences. And so, you know, obviously, I love the Mega Man series. It's my favorite series of all time. Um, we, yeah, which made working here such an amazing fit. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, that those are uh, you know I, I loved you know action games, RPGs. Um, I love rhythm games too. Uh, you know DDR, Taiko Tenkaichi, yeah. or Taiko Drummaster, whatever you want to call it. Um, Japan's always coming out with crazy, awesome news. You ever hear of uh, uh, Stepmania? Oh, yeah. State Board. <laughs> I, I want to call an audible real quick. This is not on the rundown. I, Sam doesn't know I'm about to ask it, but I have to. And I might get the most disappointed I've ever gotten in my life. This might hurt my soul. How big or how many initial D machines do you see around Japan? Um, it depends on the arcade. Um, <sighs> I've seen initial D machines at some of the like big, like ones that have more space for bigger games like that. Yeah. Um, I definitely. I actually think my uh, local arcade has a couple initial D machines. Um, so it really, it's not like one of those, like every single arcade ever has them, mm-hmm. but can, if you look hard enough, you'll definitely find them. So sure. there's not like a ton of merch and shops for initial, I know it kind of like ended, I think by now, but there's not, I, the reason I ask not, is not these days. No, not mm. really. Um, if you're looking for like older stuff, you kind of have to dig for it. Um, you're not going to go into like fancy schmancy new anime store and find initial D stuff these days, yeah. but um, that is not to say you will never find it. Um, you just got to work for you it. Yeah, you might you might have better luck looking on places like uh, Yahoo Auctions, which is basically Japan's eBay, and places like that if you want some more yeah classic like, or more classic or Jesus not a word more classic yeah. uh, anime swag. Yeah, like, oh, man, we grew up with Initial D when it was big here in the oh, states yeah. for That's a couple of years, and my goodness gracious, I always remember the music. 
from Initial D, all that Eurobeat goodness. Oh, so good. That. I still have uh, Space Boy on my phone, which was Initial D Stage oh, yeah. 2. Oh, yeah. God. I, I, I will never get rid of that. I actually, if I'm on like a highway by myself sometimes, maybe I'll crank it on if I'm going 85 <laughs> and feel like a little oh, Tak yeah. Fujiwara action. I love yeah. it. Um, now, I said, <laughs> it, I said it a little bit ago, um, I, I was in the speedrun community for Mega Man 2 for a little bit. That is also my favorite Mega Man game. You have the Mega Man 3 purists out there that will debate you to high heaven on which one's a little better. Uh, um, I, I'm definitely on the on the Mega Man 2 side myself. I think it has the best robot masters in, in out of the eight classics, and I think that it has the best music out of the eight classics. Um, also, a very good Wily Castle. I think it's got a very underrated Wily Castle. But anyway, uh, it's my favorite video game franchise of all time. It's not even close. Um, when you came yeah. into Inti Creates, um, Inti Creates has done 10 different Mega Man games, or at least had a hand in, whether that was a port or what have you, um, uh, in 10 different Mega Man games. I think you came in towards the tail end and or after they were already completed. Am I right? Or did you have any hand in any of the Mega Man games that Inti was? I, I wish. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I wish I had a hand in some of those Mega Man games. But, uh, uh, yeah, unfortunately, um, all the Mega Man games that Indie Creates had ever made were done uh, long before I showed up, unfortunately. No, what, um, what about Mighty Number no. 9? Who knows? Maybe one, maybe one day. Um, I didn't. I personally didn't work on it, but it was being worked on while I when I first started here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I personally, I barely did anything with uh the main number nine project but uh like the dev team was working on it when i was here is there like a bunch of uh mega man stuff like hanging on the walls at the studio at at your headquarters you know the walls aren't too lively but people's deaths are another story okay that's (laughs) awesome that's awesome um there's definitely Mega Man stuff on my desk. Uh, I know the guy who sits behind me. Mm-hmm. Um, he has plenty of Mega Man goodies on his desk, and I know we're not alone. <laughs> now, if I remember correct, um, I think I heard it on one of the uh, Hanging at NTHQ live streams that you guys do on Twitch. Real quick, by the way, um, everybody listen, if you have a Twitch outside of, you know, Following me on Twitch, Vanilla Bear Thirty Five. You gotta hit up Inti Creates because watching those hanging Inti Creates are awesome. From either the announcements or gameplay, I got to see Galgun Two. What uh, almost a month ago now, and that was awesome to be able yep. to see that before it released in the states. Uh, made me go out and, and and pre-purchase it on the eShop. Again, we'll talk about that a little later. If I remember correctly, though, the first original character that Inti Creates did it was Gunvolt, correct? Um. That was the first. That was our very first self-published title. Right. So, um, so back in yeah, back in twenty August twenty fourteen, um, Azure Striker Gunvolt was you know this. It was a one hundred percent Inti Creates original that was made and published by us. Mm-hmm. So you have other games that we've done in the past. Um, you know, like say like Mega Man Zero, for example, that were created by Inti Creates but were like published by say Capcom, for example. Right. Um. But this was the first, you know, game that was, you know, created by and published by Indie Create. So that w- that was the company first. Well, to fir- have the whole package. First of all, we need Gunvolt and Smash. Let's just put that out there. I don't know how. From your from your word from your mouth, Sakurai's ears. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because because I know Masahiro Sakurai is listening to this podcast right now because he has nothing better to do. Um, Sakurai, you, you need Gunvolt. Know, Never know. You need Gunvolt. If if nothing else, let's get Gunvolt. While we're at it, we'll get Jason from Blaster Master Zero. We'll get Ikora. We'll get them all. <laughs> Beck, right in there. 
and that's it. We'll just we'll just do that. But secondly, I saw a picture of you on Twitter. I forget how many months ago now is actually the day I started following you where you're actually holding a version of the Azure Striker Gunvolt pack for Nintendo Switch. Um, and I believe you said something on the lines of it's crazy to be holding this that I localized. Talk a little bit more about what that feeling is like for you when you see something that you did on store shelves. Yeah, that was, that was a first for me. Um, cause you know, we've done a lot of games, you know, I've worked on a lot of games up until that point, but you know, they were pretty much all, digital release or with well, you know with the galgun double piece didn't really have like much of a retail release at least in north america anyway um so you know yeah you could get it on amazon that was really cool but you know there's something <laughs> there's something just different about like that the picture you're referencing like that was um uh gamestop back in uh cherry hill mall um <laughs> we've been to that and, gamestop yes um, and so I used to work there back in the day, you know, when, uh, I was like in high school and, uh, you know, I'd see all these amazing new games come in and then just to think like, holy crap, like, you know, what, I guess 15 years later, um, I'd be back at that exact same store picking up a game that I, you know, produced and localized and, you know, you know, worked, worked, you know, worked my ass off to make sure that, that physical version existed and was in store shelves and it's just it was kind of surreal it's one of those like i gotta pinch myself like i like what the hell like this is like it was so hard to even like process and it was crazy because like, i walk in i was like oh my god there's on the shelf and i'm like i just go out and buy it and tell them that i walk out and i was like Wait <laughs> i worked on that <laughs> i need a refund it didn't really hit me until i like left the store and i'm just like holding this in my hand I'm, like did that just happen <laughs> that's awesome it was crazy have, it felt really really good have and, you gotten yeah, hopefully yeah hopefully first of many you know? i was gonna say have you gotten kind of used to that feeling by now or do you still when you do see it in shelves you're nah. still like hell yeah no no not it never gets old that's it's, awesome yeah. it's that's, like one of those things it's like every time i see my name in the credits of an of, an, of another game it's just like yeah, it kind of you get that feeling all over again. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. What are some of the challenges you face localizing games? Um, well, so you think about localization, um, that can be you know, there's a lot of schools of thought for localization, and you know, some people get really you know passionate about you know their way or another way, because um, you know it's not just simply translate Japanese words. You know, it's you know, you got to make it fit the narrative properly. And, you know, there's a lot, you know, Japanese and English don't exactly mesh too well, yeah. all things considered, um, you know, so there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of things in Japanese that just don't translate to English, really tra English very smoothly or at all for that matter. Um, so I'd say some of the biggest challenges is, is taking those things that don't really translate or just don't really you know that could very easily get lost in translation and say like okay you know how how am i going to put this in a way that my my western counterparts will understand and appreciate because for me it's not like taking you know some people like you must do this exactly as it is in japanese or you're doing it wrong and i think that's a little bit too intense and then but then you also have the other side of that spectrum where it's like people just kind of do whatever the hell they want and just basically rewrite the narrative. And I don't want to do that either. Uh, so I try to find a balance of being able to honor the original work. But, you know, when you get to points and depending on the game, there are many where it just doesn't 
really, it's not going to be appreciated or make sense to a non-Japanese speaker, that's when you've got to really put your thinking cap on. It's like, okay, how am I going to, you know, put this in a way that people will appreciate and understand? Or how am I going to tell this joke in a way that will make English speakers laugh, for example? And, you know, so some of the examples I always give um, is uh, there's a character in Galgun named Corona. She's this uh, demon girl. And in Japanese, all of her all of her lines, whenever she says the word death, which in Japanese basically is like the word like is or like the verb to be, oh, you know, very simple word that's used all the time. Um, but death is a Japanese homonym for the English word death. So wow. <laughs> instead of writing this Japanese word like, you know, like is or to be, it's just like blah, 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 death in all caps <laughs> <laughs> in a Japanese so I was like, yeah, it's funny, and you know, it's a little play on words, and it's funny, and you know, and I was like, oh man, this is so great, but that doesn't translate when you put it into English, you know, it just doesn't make sense. So it's like, okay, how can I keep this kind of quirk of hers, but put it in a way that makes sense, not only for the character but for English speakers? So I rocked my brain. I was like, wait a minute, okay, she's a demon. Demons are from hell. Hey, hell is a pretty versatile word, right? You can use it in all kinds of different ways. So pretty much every time she would use the every sentence where she has the word death in it in Japanese, you know, I, I write it as if her using the word hell in some way, shape, or form. Or like, and then you even have like simpler things like, um, like you kind of like a sneak peek. Like one of the characters in Galgun talks about how she likes two different types, these two different types of udon noodles. And it's like, well... I don't even really know what the differences are. And she's talking about how, like, the differences, and, oh, if i got to pick one, it's this. I was like, well, if I'm not clear what the difference between these two types of udon noodles are, I'm pretty sure 99.9% .9 of Americans who be playing this game aren't going to know what that is either. <laughs> so it's like, okay, well, how can I put this in a way that people would appreciate? So instead of udon type A versus udon type B, I changed it to thin crust pizza versus thick crust pizza. <laughs> <laughs> now smooth, you're speaking my smooth. language. But he's gotten on that, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so you know, and that's just like kind of like a microcosm of what localizing a game can be like, <laughs> if that makes sense. Well, I kind of mentioned earlier because I know Sakurai is listening. I also know Reggie Fizeme is listening. Um, so what I'm hearing is that you have just volunteered to translate Mother 3 officially. <laughs> he, he's been dying for this you game. Know, you know, I, 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 I would, if, if that was offered to me, I'd do it just to, to make Get it out the there. gaming community happy. Yes, awesome. just to bring it to the States because what's all we've wanted since, what, 2004 or whatever it was? I can't yeah, even remember. I know. I know. I just I just want Mother it's, 3 officially it's, it's, like it's an amazing story. Yeah. It's a truly amazing story. And and I can, you know, every I don't time I see it on every time I see it in like a used game shop like for in Japanese for like GBA I just like I just feel bad for my <laughs> western friends. Uh, you know, I can I could sit there and say, you know, ROM and emulator and all that good stuff. I don't want that. I want to I want to pay the money. I want to support game developers i want mother three matt you're clearly you. you're clearly qualified um, i will <laughs> give him the job i am lobbying for you um to, to, well, I, <laughs> to I, appreciate the vote of I volunteer you matt <laughs> as tribute to, to vote 
to localize Mother 3. Uh, all right, so now getting back into Inti's works, um, you guys got to work yep. on Blaster Master Zero, and cr- I mean create Blaster Master yep. Zero. It is personally one of my top ten games on Switch, and as a matter of fact, it was the first game I ever bought on Switch, uh, even before oh, Zelda, even before Zelda, um, or any of that, it was the first okay. game I bought, first okay. game I beat on Switch. Um, rave about it in in previous episodes. I love that game. Scav did an amazing run at AGDQ of it. Uh, oh yes, he it did. was it was yes, so much fun to watch that and uh, be a part of that. Oh, sorry, I just dropped the microphone. Um, so how did uh, how did Inti get to actually work on Blaster Master Zero? What was the story behind that? I love this story. So. Um, this was um, E3 2015. It all started. And so what happened was, um, you know, we had a, you know, fully scheduled day, you know, do all these meetings. And first night of E3, you know, this one, uh, E3 2015 was my first one. And so, you know, it's like, oh, man, I made it to the promised land. E3, <laughs> holy crap, you know. Uh, you know? <laughs> and, you know, I had a great first day, and it was awesome. I met so many cool people. And, um, uh so that night, uh, I had just, uh, you know, we were sitting down in some hotel lobby, just talking with a whole bunch of people, and I noticed, like, my back was hurting a little bit, and I didn't really think much of it, and I went to bed, and I uh, woke up in the middle of the night, just, you know, you know, just, as people do, you know, you're like, oh, wake up, oh, God, what time is it? Oh, okay. And I roll over to see what time it was, and it felt like somebody had jammed a dagger in my lower back. Uh-oh. It was some of the worst pain I had ever felt in my life. I was like, what the hell is going on? I couldn't, I could barely move. Like, I tried to roll over and like, it just felt like I was being stabbed. It hurt so bad. And I was like, panicking, like, oh my God, what the hell did I do to my back? I can't move. What the hell is going on? Like, freaking out. So basically, I had, uh, what, what ended up happening was I had, um, basically, either pulled something or like pinched like a horribly pinched a nerve to the point where I could I could barely even walk. I could barely even move, like roll over. It was so bad. So I was basically bedridden for twenty four hours, doped up on Tylenol and and uh heating pads <laughs> for a whole day. And so uh, I just found my boss who I went with, you know, he basically had to cancel all our meetings because, you know, I I interpret for him, you know, at our you know, meetings for our partners only speak English, so we couldn't do those anymore, so uh, he basically had a free day to wander around E3, and um, he was just hanging out somewhere, and he ran into uh, one of the guys he knew from Sunsoft, and he was like, hey, what's going on? He's like, oh, you know, I want to try to talk with Nintendo, uh, but I can't seem to get this to work, and I can't, you know, he was having some trouble either finding them or get, getting in touch with somebody. So my boss helped him out and got him in touch with Nintendo. And he saw him, then he saw him later the next day. And he was like, or some, I'm sorry, he saw him later on that day. He's like, oh, hey, how things go? He's like, oh, not so good. I want to revive one of our old IPs, but, you know, it didn't really go so well. He's like, well, what if I meet with you guys? So then, you know, my boss, the dude from Sunsoft, and Nintendo sat down. And, you know, he was trying to basically make his pitch, like, hey, you know, we really want to buy one of our IPs. But, you know, Sunsoft, you know, isn't really making many console games these days. Um, so they were kind of like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. So then I just thought, I was like, well, what if we did it? <laughs> and they were like, okay, we can get behind that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it all started from there. You never and, know until you ask. So, 
<laughs> so if I didn't blow out my lower back and my boss didn't happen to see one of his buddies from Sunsoft, Blaster Master Zero would not exist today. You, you know wow. that whole adage? You know that whole adage in sports? You never wish injury upon anyone? I take that back. So that, that one we wish for you. <laughs> I take that one back. Uh, now, you know, if, if my day of agonizing pain to bring people Blaster Master Zero, <laughs> it is such a, it was worth it. It is such a good frig. Because I, I grew up, one of the first games I ever played was Blaster Master. And as a four year old, five year old, six year old playing Blaster Master, you have no idea what you're doing. Um, but I love yeah. that music. Yeah. I love that music. I think I got to World 2 once or Zone 2. And that was as far as I got. But Blaster Master Zero comes out. Yeah, there was, same here. I think there was like a sequel on Wii or in the Wii Shop or something like that. I I totally there's missed a, it. There's a couple games that followed the original. Yeah, uh, I, there's like one for Genesis, and there's one for like uh, PS One. There was like a WiiWare game. WiiWare. There, right. there were a couple. Yeah, and and I missed the boat on all of those. But obviously, like I said, not Blaster Master Zero. Another game that I. Uh, was happened to just look on the eShop. I know that Inti did Mega Man 10, which is another game I love, and then obviously I know that worked yeah. on Blaster Master Zero, so I'm like, alright, anything that Inti touches, I'm in. Um, <laughs> when I saw Dragon Mark for Death on that uh, Nindy showcase like last year, I'm like, can't wait. Freaking awesome. Um, but then I... It's sick, dude. I'm, it's so cool. I, I can't, can't wait, wait for people to be able to play it, because it's so dope. I can't wait to hear more about yeah. it. Are you? By the way, I guess, do you plan on... Um, Talking more about that game on one of your hanging at NTHQs eventually down the line. Eventually, yeah. When we when we are able to, um, I certainly will. Awesome. Because uh, I know I'm excited to get the word out more. Um, so when all when the timing is right, believe me, I'm chomping at the bit. So. Can, well, then can you when talk I get a little? Green light, so you better believe I will. Awesome. <laughs> can you tell us tell us a little bit more about what like the hanging at NTHQs actually are? I know I mentioned earlier it's on Twitch, but what you know what is that for all the viewers or listeners? So I, I personally love doing live streams, and um, I think it's something that, you know, it's not something a lot of video game companies do, especially Japanese video game companies. And I wanted to find a way to, you know, basically find another way to help us connect with our with our fans and supporters. And, um, you know, uh, God, it's about two years ago now, we were doing, like, monthly live streams mm-hmm. and where we would have some of our... Um, uh, voice like voice actresses on that would join the show and they would help out and it was like a monthly thing that we did that was really fun and then you know that but that was for like a that was during like a promotional period for the Gunvolt games and so then once that was done we didn't really do those anymore and I missed doing them a lot and then um, I, I I would do live streams every once in a blue moon just like by myself basically you know in English for our English speaking audiences. And then once Andrew showed up um, last summer at the company, I was like, man, you know, now that he's here, like I can, you know, kind of lightens my load a little bit and I can do a lot more things. And I was like, I would love to do scheduled, you know, regular live streams. And so, you know, I got him on board and, you know, got the team on board. And, you know, then so every every other week we have a live stream right here from the office. Uh, It's an... uh, it's an hour long stream, you know, we'll, uh, we'll showcase a game, um, you know, like, uh, so the last one I just did yesterday, we showcased a uh, Gal Gun Volt Burst, uh, for PS4. Um, then the one before that we did like our Gal Gun 2 special. So we're always showcasing off something, um, uh, that we haven't showcased yet to the fans. And, um, you know, we'll bring, we give like the latest integrates news, you know, basically what's happened since the last stream, um, or like remind people, you know, about like, you know, you can pre-order Gal Gun or whatever. 
and uh, we uh, take live questions. You do live Q&As every show, and then some shows we'll do, like, special topics. Like, the last show, we talked about, like, events, and then we'll talk about sometimes, like, localization, you know, related discussions, and uh, we did, like, a fan art showcase once, which we'll probably do again soon. Um, See, so yeah, it, it's fun, and it, it, it's a fun, regular thing that people can tune into, and, you know, we put the archives up on our YouTube channel and stuff like that, too, and... Um, yeah, it's just a fun way for us to, you know, connect with, connect with our fans. And I love doing it. It's a, uh, live streams are a lot of fun for me. That's so, awesome. Uh, I'm going to keep doing them as long as I'm allowed to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're going to do this podcast as long as we're allowed to, which if my wife had any say of it, cause it's 11 o'clock at night, it wouldn't be very much longer. <laughs> I'll be getting thrown out soon. <laughs> uh, now again, I'm scrolling through Fair the eShop and I come along, I come across mighty Gunvolt burst. Now, as much as I love Azure striker Gunvolt. Uh, one and two, I came across Mighty Gunvolt Burst and looked at the screenshots in the eShop, said, okay, this is pretty much as close to a Mega Man Mighty Number no. 9 type 2D action platformer that I can even understand or, or want to be a part of. And I downloaded that game instantly. Like, again, some of the best 10 bucks you could ever spend, ever, 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 ever. And, f- and for our European... Listeners, I believe almost all of the Gunvolt games right now are on sale on the eShop. Um, pretty yes, they are. Su- yeah, I'm pretty sure of that too. And um, if you haven't played, I've talked about Mighty Gunvolt Burst. I think what Sam? I think 75 out of our 90 episodes. I almost every episode, he sneaks it in <laughs> all all the time. Um, what was it like? And even with Gal Gunvolt Burst, that's now out on PS4. What was it like working on those titles, um, knowing that you're taking Gunvolt, your your first a, you know, original character from the ground up, putting him in a different style of game, a little less anime, a little bit more Mega Man. What was that like? It was fun. Um, one of the things I really love about Mighty Gunvolt Burst is that it captures that kind of early 90s um, action game style where it's like just enough story to give you something to chew on, but, uh, you know, the focus is in the gameplay. And I, I love the graphics in Burst because it has like effects that you wouldn't be able to do back in the day, but it still gives you kind of like a, not quite Super Nintendo, but more almost like a Turbo Graphics style, mm-hmm. like, uh, graphics. Sure. Um, that I really, really like. And, um, what I really love about Burst is how the custom, the customization system and just how, and I've never seen another action game where you can customize your character so, to the point where, like, you no, know, I feel like no two people are going to have the exact same gameplay experience that since you can just customize them so deeply and one of the things i really personally enjoyed about the game was you know we added all these extra characters down the line so you're basically taking you know three franchises that we worked on and you know giving these characters like their chance in the spotlight uh which has been really cool especially for characters that you know normally you wouldn't ever get to play as like you know we had you know Beck Gunvolt and Ekero in the first Mighty Gunvolt game for 3DS so we brought them back of course but then you know adding characters like uh like Jewel from Gunvolt and like Corona from Galgun and then you know some other obvious action game choices like Ray and Copen and uh mm-hmm. stuff like that but it was it was just super fun to be able to play these characters who you otherwise would probably never get a chance to play as in like an action game like that so that was really fun for me personally. And, uh, but tra- translating, probably the toughest part of working on that game was, you know, translating that customization system. I believe it. That's because <laughs> as a speedrunner for that game, I'm, I'm lucky enough to be, uh, pretty 
deep into that speedrunning community, and we I spend most of my time in those menus. Um, I've think I've gotten it. Uh, Nineteen thousand CP will get you what you need. Um, but what I love about <laughs> Mighty <laughs> what I love about Mighty Gunvolt Burst is the fact that you can customize the game to make it harder. Uh, if you so yes, choose you and that's what it, it goes both ways you can breeze through it um, in new game plus you can do what you need to do but you can also make it harder and i love that idea of adding the extra challenge but to where you ha- almost feel empowered that you're doing it um, based off the we'll call them power downs for this instead of power ups but yeah really neat uh, did you do you know if that that game was designed with speed running in mind at all or that type of community i mean Speedrunning is definitely in the thought process somewhere, I believe. Um, exactly how much it factored in, I couldn't really say specifically myself. Um, but we know people do like speedrun these types of games. And, you know, and then we love giving people, you know, the chance to... And we did this with Azure Striker Gunvolt as well. Mm-hmm. You know, the game, we give you the, you know, obviously not quite as customizable as Burst, of course. But, um, you know, we like giving people the chance to... You know, if you're if you're not really particularly good at action games like this, you know, you know, you have the tools in place, you know, to make it so that you can get through the game. Or if you're, but if you're looking for more of a challenge, then you have that option too. And so we want people, you know, to have that freedom to choose how the experience is going to be for them, and not just kind of shoehorn them into an experience where it might be a cakewalk for veteran players, and might be, you know, like maybe just right for beginners, or vice versa, or something like that. How actually, um, I was gonna actually go off script again because it's what I do best is going back to Blaster Master Zero for a second. How did you end up getting Shantae and Shovel Knight and those guys into the game? So, we have very great relationships with the folks at Way Forward and uh, Yacht Club Games. They're mm. super, I love these guys, they're wonderful human beings, support their games because they're fantastic people. Um, you know, we were looking, you know, after we added some of our original characters like Gunvolt and Ekero to the mix, you know, we were like, oh man, it'd be so fun to have some, like, guest characters in here, uh, which we already did once with Gunvolt 2 and uh, Shovel Knight. And, uh, you know, considering we, we've worked with these guys before, and, you know, you know, both with the Shantae series and the Gun, and the, with Shovel Knight, you know, they were obviously a natural fit to, uh, um, uh, to bring in for something like this if we wanted guest characters. So, we reached out to Yacht Club Games and Way Forward, and they were on board, and, uh, and that's all she wrote, really. And then, uh, you know, our our team put together the characters, and we got their stamp of approval, and uh, we announced the characters um, last year at our panel at Anime Expo. It was awesome. That is we awesome. had uh, Nick Wozniak from Yacht Club and uh, Matt Bozon from Yacht, uh, Way Forward uh, there at the panel, and we introduced the characters for the first time, and it was super, super cool. That they were day one buys, and I felt like even though I knew it was coming in Blaster Master, I it was a, a completely different play style because I'm transforming into an elephant or I'm using my shovel as shovel knight, and it was okay. Yeah, Jason, Jason, Jason can't turn into a purple elephant. Awesome. I know that uh, he might be chasing a frog, <laughs> but he definitely can't turn into a purple elephant. Just a couple more questions, um, and then we'll let you go. Galgun Two, Inti's latest game. It's releasing like we said earlier, April twenty fourth on the Nintendo Switch and Sam PS four for you since you're switchless. Now you're speaking my language let's get some hype around that title tell us a little bit more about uh what the galgun franchise is all about specifically galgun 2 because i will say this it's definitely interesting yeah uh that's one way to put it um, <laughs> um Gal- don't Gal- hold Gun back is, now is, don't hold back is, is galgun 
them kind of like our, you know, we're known for our for our 2D action games, and Galgun just kind of is like, it, it's none of those things, and that's why I love it. Um, you know, for those of you who don't know what Galgun is, it's a, uh, I don't want to say first-person shooter, because that gives like a Call of Duty type of vibe, and it's not quite that, but it's like, <sighs> how can I describe Galgun? <laughs> so, <laughs> um, basically, the premise of the, basically, I get, uh, let me tell you how the, the concept was born, and then we'll go from there. Okay. So the concept was born was, you know, let's take a shooting game in like the, you know, House of the Dead, uh, time crisis style of game, and but instead of like zombies or terrorists or whatever, what if they were cute anime girls? And then what if instead of shooting bullets and bombs or whatever, you were shooting love? <laughs> <laughs> And that, that is a good way to put it so far. That's the basic premise for Galgun. It's a very, you know, Galgun has a reputation of being this, like, you know, crazy, like, weird, perverted game. And, you know, it's it's not the most innocent game in the world. But I think more than anything, it's a silly game. Yeah, Galgun it's different. is a ridiculous, off-the-wall, just shenanigans fest. And that's why I love it. But, it. but it's also, at the same time, it has a very heartwarming story behind each of these games. Um, and, you know, has a robust cast of characters, you know, every character that you meet, you know, you're going through these stages and like, <laughs> you know, interacting with literally dozens of characters, but they each have their own individual quirks and personalities and, um, things like that. And that's something that I feel like people who just kind of give Galgan a quick glance and like, oh, this is one of those weird, pervy anime games, rah, 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 and just kind of give up on it. They miss all that kind of stuff. Um... But yeah, it's a it's a fun shooting game that is filled with you know fun, silly, ridiculous stories and just gameplay elements that I can pretty much safely assume you won't get anywhere else. I I like how you described it as an on rail shooter with love. Um, I mean, it's true though. <laughs> it's, yeah. You're you're not wrong. Um, I want to I want to like expand on that, but I I don't feel like I should because. Um, I could talk about yeah, I, it. I, I I couldn't word it. No, I could talk about it from a viewer standpoint. Now, I say that as a dumb American, though, because you know, over here in the West, we don't we don't get that kind of game. We just really yeah. don't. Um, nah, that's made it so fun to bring to the West. Ex- and <laughs> it's that, something and that, different, and that's why I think you know. I personally, obviously, recommend it. I've already pre-purchased it. You can too on the eShop right now. Um, but what? What I think is, you know, I think the the easy word that comes up is waifu. Everybody probably makes the memes and the jokes and stuff like that. And, sure, absolutely. But, but, absolutely. but what you're... I don't even know how to ask the damn question. <laughs> uh, Just go, man. Just go. <laughs> what, the first time you saw Galgun, what the hell went through your head? That's That's got to be what I, I need to know. I was laughing my ass off. <laughs> <laughs> I was because I was like, oh my god, because I played the original Galgun for a PS3, yeah. and, uh, you know, in Japanese, I imported it back in the day, I'm like, oh my god, this game is so ridiculous, I friggin' love it, <laughs> and, you know, but, you know, amongst, like, all the crazy swooning girls, you know, that you have to shoot in the stages, because um, that's the thing, and that's the other thing, people get, people seem to mix up, like, you know, you're kind of like, the whole, one of the, basically the end goal of the game is to basically find your true love, right? Mm-hmm. So for a double piece, where the game's already out, I'll share the story there. So it's like, 
you know, Angel Ekero, who you've seen in Blaster Master and Gunvolt Burst, etc. Um, you know, she's from the Angel Academy, and she has to, her final exam is to help a human fall in love. You know, she's a Cupid angel, that's what they do. But she royally screws it up, and instead of, like, the way I can describe it is, you know how Cupid has their love arrows, and they shoot you with love's arrow, and everybody's lovey, yeah, yeah, yeah. But she, instead of shooting you with one arrow, she, she like, unloads the whole quiver <laughs> into your backside, basically, by accident. And so, like, every girl, or every living thing, really, is, like, madly in love with you for a day. And if you don't find your true love, by the end of the day, you're going to be forever alone. And so, you know, you have, you know, in Galgan Double Peace, you have these two characters, Shinobu and Maya, who are kind of like your childhood friends. And, uh, you know, kind of the goal, it's kind of like a dating sim meets House of the Dead time crisis shooter style hybrid game. It's a hell of a hybrid. So, you know, so you're not like, you know, so all the girls are in love with you, but, you know, you know, all the rando girls throughout the school are in love with you. But, you know, you're trying to find your true love. You, you don't got time for these crazy girls. So you use your love shot to actually not to, like, bring them to you, but to keep them at bay so you can do what you need to do to <laughs> complete your quest and find your true love. There are girls no. jumping over vans to get to <laughs> yes, you. Yes, there are. I've seen, I believe I have it. seen it they myself. Really, really like you. Yeah, this is like but Sam in high have, school. You have your own yeah. true loves that you need to find, and you can't. You can't because you literally get a, you. You take damage by accepting, you know, love notes and by listening to them, you know, say things to you, and you know they'll like try to hug you and tackle you and give you kisses and stuff like that, and you take damage. Take all that. the damage. <laughs> I love this game so much. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. It's less than a month away. Yeah. Now, yeah, and, that, and that's what I mean. Like, it's like a, it's like ridiculous, but that's what makes it fun. Yeah. Now, last question, because we know your, your day starting as ours is ending. But do you have any favorite, you know, films or TV shows, even if it's in Japanese or you know English? Oh man, that's a, that's a good question. Um, He's got two cultures you know, to work I watch with. A lot of anime. I yeah. watch a lot of anime these any, days. Um, Trigon. And, uh, yo, Trigon is one of my all-time favorites. Dude, that's my favorite anime, so you're, now you're speaking my language. One of my all-time favorites. Um, but it's funny, Trigon's kind of like the anomaly, because most of my other favorite anime are, like, kind of slice-of-life comedy or, like, just overly cute Moe BS-style anime. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, no... Some other, not to say, some personal favorites of mine, mm-hmm. uh... Uh, Azumanga Daio, that's my all-time favorite anime of all time. Um, uh, Lucky Stars, another personal favorite. Uh, some recent favorites I've had, uh, like uh, Is the Order a Rabbit, uh, uh, Kobayashi's Maid Dragon. Attack on um, Titan? What'd you say? Attack on Titan? I've, you know, I've never actually seen Attack on Titan. Oh, you you, you got to start that bad boy up. I'm and I'm just. Like I, said, I watch a lot of. I love slice of life, slash just overly diabetes-inducing cute BS. Yeah, so <laughs> I love it. So, but from like a Shonen Jump perspective, I'm just gonna throw in there Yu Yu Hakusho as well, an oldie but a goodie. Oh, I I, I love Yu Yu Hakusho. Every time I go to, okay, I'm gonna say it the right way, and then I'm gonna say it the way everyone knows. Every time I go to karaoke or karaoke. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
time I go, I always sing the opening theme from Yu Yu Hakusho. It's such a good song. Awesome. That's fantastic. <laughs> I love Yu Yu Hakusho. I, you know, I was never a huge anime person growing up, and Sam, to his credit, was, and I, I would not be a still huge, am. still, still is huge, and I would not be a big, uh, Yu Yu Hakusho fan. I would not be a Yu Hakusho fan at all if it wasn't for Sam. I'd seen a couple episodes on Adult Swim. Oh, yeah on Cartoon Network, and I'm like, okay, whatever. And then Sam imported the DVD of the entire series, brought it over. We watched the entire Dark Tournament in one day. Um, and nice. well, and And I was just from there on, I was like, oh, there's Saint Beasts? <laughs> oh, okay, there's the Seven. There's a guy who plays video games, and he, oh, okay. There's a chef that, oh, okay. He's, oh, his, oh, the doctor's thing is his finger? Okay, we're good. <laughs> I got this. I think I'm in. Um, so shout out to Sam. Yeah, no, Yu is definitely a favorite. Um, some of the, just some, I'm trying to think of just some ones that got me into anime, like, uh, Roni Kenshin? Uh, Ronma One Half, my all time favorites. Um, Slayers, uh, uh, really, really, really good. You had to have watched so, Dragon Ball Z. Uh, yeah, I, I watched DBZ. Um, I'm one of those freaks who, like, I enjoyed DBZ, but I was never, like, super hyper into it, like some other people I knew was. Good for you, um, Matt. Like, Good I know for who you. the characters are, and, like, I know the story and stuff. Yeah. But it was never, like, in my, like, upper echelon, so to speak. Well, Veroni Kenshin? Oh, that, I, re- I really liked Kenshin. Yeah, that, that, that's, that like, probably my, my number two or three. That That's freaking awesome from beginning to end. Yeah, it was really, really good. What'd you I think of the live, what do you think of the live action I saw one of the live action movies. Um, I haven't seen them all, but the one I did see was pretty cool. Yeah, you, uh, but you, I haven't seen any of the other. You definitely got to check all three. The action in the movies are intense. Good. Good to know. Awesome. And is there anything from maybe the States that you like to watch that maybe you don't get over there, but when you come home, you always like to pop it on? Um, uh, besides sports, uh, <laughs> um, uh, geez, let's see. Um, I have a guilty pleasure for Law and Order SVU. <laughs> Who doesn't? At one point, <laughs> I think everyone does. Has like a, they fall in a slump and I watch it. I love SVU, man. I can't. I, I love it. I, I love SVU. Um, I've been watching a lot of the, um, a lot of like uh, some of like Netflix stuff, like uh, a lot, a lot of like the Marvel series. Um, I just finished uh, Jessica Jones season two, uh, like last week. Uh, same same here. Really cool. Nice. Um, so I watch a lot of those. What do you think? What do you think was better, season one or two? Uh, I think I like season one better, but season two is pretty good. Yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> awesome. Any... Grave was just such a good, was just such a good villain. Yeah, that, th- th- it's it's tough. Uh, David Tennant's the man. Yeah, David Tennant. He was he was amazing. He, that that was hard to top. Same. I did like when he did show up in the second season. I was like, you're just such a delightful. That's bastard. that's all I needed to see. That's all I wanted. It, it, does he not come in till the very end though? He, he's only in like two episodes. Yeah, pissed. Spoiler, guys. I'm sorry. Yeah, pissed. We did our spoiler-free impressions of Jessica Jones like two weeks ago, but dude, it's been long enough. We can spoil it now. Uh, It's not like it's a key thing. It's just a little little spot, but yeah. Matt, before we get going, anything else you want to add? Um, uh, I hope you guys enjoy Galgun 2 when it comes out. Uh, We got a lot of other really cool games on the horizon, so all I could say is uh, stay tuned uh, for any of the latest and greatest Indie Crates News. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter for any dumb crap I have to say, I'm uh, Megamat77 on there and listen to my silly nonsense and 
Hopefully enjoy it, I guess. <laughs> Matt, Matt's Twitter will be linked in the description of this episode on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, wherever you're listening to it. Also, the link to pre-order Galgun 2 on Amazon will also be in the link to this description. So just go down to the description of the episode, click on the links. You can follow Matt on Twitter. You can pre-order Galgun 2. Uh, please do that. Matt, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. We really well, – tonight – this morning, whatever. Uh, whatever we, time it is. We really, really appreciate it and uh, hope to talk to you soon. Hang on the line just one second. But this has been the very special bonus episode of We Podcast and We Know Things featuring Matt Pop of Inti Creates. Uh, we will see you next weekend for episode 85. He's skis in his jeans. He's Jersey. <laughs>